Mary Farfisa, and I had a week full of adventures in outer space. First, the chief listeners asked me to go to outer space to look for a legendary musical instrument called the Padidi Whistle. Then, he sent me and Briscoe to a planet called Dabawabi to track down the prehistoric sounds of dinosaurs. And after that, a mysterious cry for help, help took us to the planet Bingbong, a world inhabited by living bells. Our adventures took us to three different worlds, and on each of those worlds, we found something completely different from what we expected. That's why the title of today's show is... Into the Unexpected. Wow, Briscoe, that was very dramatic. Thank you. It's time for Mary Farfisa. Yay! What song does a star sing when it's all by itself? What sound does a comet make? When it's flying around And did you know that the sun Enjoys playing the drums And did you know that the moon Has a favorite tune Well you might think that outer space Is a quiet place But there's a melody in all that astronomy. Well, I roam through galaxies looking for sounds that interest me. There's too many to mention if I just pay attention. Songs and sounds, music and noise Can be as much fun as a box full of toys Songs and sounds, music and noise I'll catch them all with my lasso And bring them to I'm Mary Farfisa. Our first adventure started when the chief listener called me on my helmet radio. Mary Farfisa, this is the chief listener. I have a new assignment for you and Briscoe. Do you have new sounds for us to gather from other worlds? There's no need to call other girls, Mary. You can handle this job on your own just fine. Right. Mary, for thousands of years, we listeners have searched for an ancient musical instrument called the Padidi Whistle. We've never been able to find it, but just a moment ago, I got a mysterious call from someone who claimed to know where the Padidi Whistle is. And they gave us its exact location in outer space so we could go get it. And by we, we mean you, you and Briscoe. We want you to go find the legendary Padidi Whistle for our collection. What kind of instrument is the Padidi Whistle, Chief Listener? We don't know. What does it sound like? We don't know. 
So how will we know if we've found it? You'll know you found it because it will look and sound exactly like a Pedini whistle. Oh, of course. You certainly will need your horse. I'll send Briscoe the location coordinates now so he can fly you there. Okay, Chief Listener, we're on our way. Of course today. You can't dilly-dally about. I think it's time to check the batteries in his hearing aid, Mary. Shh, Briscoe, he'll hear you. I doubt it. Mary, we've got a long trip ahead of us. Why don't you tell the kids about the listeners? You mean tell them about the listeners' library? Sure. They may not even know who the listeners are. And they might not know why you catch sounds and music in your lasso. You're right. Well, kids, I catch sounds and music from all over the universe, so the chief listener can put them in the listeners' library. And the listeners' library is? I'm actually working on a song about it. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Here's what I've written so far. library is full of sounds. If it's auditory, you can hear its story at the listener's library. You can check out a chug, you can borrow a boo, you'll get a nasty note when it's overdue at the listener's library. It would take you years, you'd wear out your ears if tried to hear everything in the listener's library. Mary, we're approaching our destination. And look, there's a weird-looking planet over there. is somewhere on that planet. But wait, Briscoe, look over there. There's a girl orbiting the weird-looking planet. A girl floating in space. And she's sitting on a guitar? A guitar with rocket boosters on it. That can only be... Blase Cool Cat. Come on, Briscoe, let's go talk to her. Briscoe and I met Blase Cool Cat during the big stardust storm. Blase is a beatnik cat girl from the moon. She has a guitar with rocket boosters on it, and she flies through space with it. Blase was sitting calmly on the guitar, her legs crossed. She was sipping espresso from a tiny cup as she slowly orbited the funny-looking planet. We flew over to talk to her. Blase, hi! Oh, wow, man. Mary Farfisa and Briscoe, the space horse. What a surprise running into you in outer space like this. No surprise. It's synchronicity, man. Total synchronicity. Um, yeah, I, I bet that 
what it is. But why are you here, Blase? Are you looking for the Padidi Whistle too? Looking for the Padidi Whistle Man? Yes. I work for the listeners, a group of intergalactic super beings who are collecting all the sounds in the universe to create a vast audio library. The Library of the Listeners. Where the librarians never say shh. Oh, that's good. I have to put that in the song. Yeah. The chief listener told us that he got a mysterious call from someone. They said that a long-lost musical instrument called the Padidi Whistle was at this location. Briscoe and I think the Padidi Whistle might be on that weird-looking planet over there. Oh, man. You got it all wrong. We do? The Padidi Whistle isn't on that weird-looking planet. That weird-looking planet is the Padidi Whistle. What? That planet is a musical instrument? Yeah, man. You see how its surface is all covered with holes? Yes. Those holes go right through the planet and come out on the other side. You dig? And, like, the solar winds in this part of the galaxy are out of this world, man. And when the solar winds blow through those holes in the planet, they play the whole planet like a flute. Like a thousand flutes. And it sounds crazy. Plaze, was it you that gave the listeners that mysterious tip about the Padidi whistle? Is that why we ran into you here? No, man. That was synchronicity. But yeah, I called the chief listener. I didn't say the instrument was on Padidi Whistle, though. I said the instrument was Padidi Whistle. Oh! That chief listener, Cat, needs to get his ears checked, man. We can't bring an entire planet back to the chief listener, Mary. No, but I'll be able to capture the music it makes in my audio lasso. Yeah, and you're just in time. Those kooky solar winds are going to start blowing real soon. You came to hear the Padidi Whistle make music. I came to jam with the Padidi Whistle, man. I do it all the time. See? I brought my bongos. Me and Padidi Whistle jam all the time, Daddy-o. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show, kids? We went to Padidi Whistle to find one thing, but what we found was completely... UNEXPECTED! The chief listener gave us another assignment. Mary, are you familiar with those magnificent prehistoric beasts remembered throughout the universe as dinosaurs? 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 We love dinosaurs. Ah, there is a certain romance to the subject, isn't there? Dinosaurs. Millions of years ago, the dinosaur flourished, but now they are only a memory. Extinct. Well, no one knows if they stunk or not, Mary. I suppose they had their smells just like any other animal. Right. Um, well, does our assignment have something to do with dinosaurs, Chief Listener? It certainly does. As you know, Mary, dinosaurs originated on a planet called Dobble Wobby. 
Our atmospheric research team has determined that the acoustic conditions on Dabble Wabi allow for the capture of some of their prehistoric sounds. You mean we might be able to hear what the prehistoric world of the dinosaur sounded like? Yes, but you must go to Dabble Wabi right away. Those acoustic conditions will only be good for a short time. We've got work to do. Toodaloo to you too, child. So, off we went to Dobble Wobby. Dinosaurs, Frisco, this is going to be fun. I've always wondered what the dinosaurs sounded like. Dinosaurs, the most primitive and terrifying creatures that ever existed. I'll bet the Tyrannosaurus sounded like this. I'll bet the Brontosaurus sounded like this. Pterodactyls probably sounded more like birds, like this. But more savage, Mary. Reptile birds. Scary creatures. Dinosaurs were huge, Briscoe. Thousands of feet tall. And they weighed, like, a billion pounds. I bet when they walk, the ground shook. Like, boom, boom, boom. And I bet they had huge fights with each other and knocked down trees when they were angry and ate volcanoes when they wanted a snack. I bet they roared and crashed and boomed. Crash! Boom! I'll catch all of those prehistoric sounds in my audio lasso and bring them back to the listeners to put in their collection. The primitive world. Of the savage dinosaurs. Of Dobble Wobby. I can't wait, Briscoe! Fly faster! Soon, we landed on Dobble Wobby. We went to a spot where the listeners had determined that millions of years ago, two Tyrannosaurus Rex had stood. I spun my audio lasso slowly in the air. Traces of the sounds they'd made might still be lingering, and if my lasso was sharp enough, we might be able to hear them. Those two Tyrannosaurs were probably squaring off for a horrible battle, Mary. Brace yourself. What you hear might be horrifying. My audio lasso is starting to pick something up. I hear something, but they're not roaring. They're talking. Talking? That doesn't sound very savage. No, it doesn't sound savage at all. In fact, the dinosaurs sound quite civilized. I say... Care for a spot of tea down by the lava pit? I should say not. Those frightfully unmanned stegosaurs have simply taken over the place. They are uncouth, aren't they? I saw one of them eating her soup with a dessert spoon. Oh, shocking! I dare say I won't miss the stegosaurus when we leave on the space cruiser for our holiday. What is the name of that little planet we'll be visiting this year? It's called... Earth. Quite a primitive-sounding name, don't you think? Rather. It sounds savage. But the committee says it's actually quite lovely. A few tar pits to look out for, but other than that, they say it's enchanting. A rather amusing jungle setting for the symphony and ballroom dancing. I heard the raptors left last week to set up the badminton courts, and I do look forward to bathing in some of those volcanoes everyone's talking about. They say that steam does wonders for the scales. 
I see the stegosaurs have gone off now for a game of cricket. Let's walk down to the lava pit before they come back. Oh, yes, let's. Come along. Well, at least I was right about what it sounded like when they walked. Once again, kids, Briscoe and I thought we knew everything about what dinosaurs would be like. But when we actually heard what they sounded like, it was completely... Unexpected! of the week didn't start with an assignment from the chief listener. We were flying through deep space, back to Derbyshire, the little moon where Briscoe and I live when we're not flying through the galaxies. We were still a long way from Derbyshire when... Briscoe, I'm picking up something strange on my helmet radio. What is it, Mary? It sounds like someone needs help. Help me? Please, somebody. If you can hear me out there, I need help. You're right, Mary. Briscoe, can you tell where the signal is coming from? Let me see. I've got it. It's coming from Planet Bing Bong. Planet Bing Bong? Yes, Mary. Planet Bing Bong. It's a fascinating planet inhabited by millions of living bells. Bells that are alive, Mary. Bells that can think and talk. Planet Bing Bong manufactures bells by the billions and exports them to all the other planets. No way! Yes way! And Planet Bing Bong is where that call for help is coming from. A bell from Planet Bing Bong is calling for help? It seems so, Mary. Well, then we have to help them. That little voice sounded like it was in such trouble. They must need help very badly. Let's go then. Right. When we get there, I'll use my audio lasso to locate the bell that's calling for help. With the lasso, I should be able to hear exactly where they are once we land. So off we went to Bing Bong, planet of the bells. Briscoe is the fastest space horse in the universe. At least according to him he is. And jets of fire shot out of his hooves and sent us streaking through space towards planet Bing Bong. Briscoe has millions of star charts and galaxy maps stored in his round space glasses. And even without them, his sense of direction is flawless. At least according to him it is. He did get lost, but wouldn't admit it, when we were looking for the Spoodle Floopy Nebula last week and... Mary, you do know I can hear you. Uh, oh, right. So like I was saying, Briscoe, the fastest space horse in the universe... That's better. ...shot us through space at an unbelievable speed toward Bing Bong, Planet of the Bells. As we approached Planet Bing Bong, we saw an amazing sight. Endless streams of sparkling objects floated up from the surface of the planet and headed off in all directions into the starry vastness of outer space. When I looked more closely, I saw that the sparkling objects were bells. Bells of all shapes and sizes. Millions and millions of bells. Briscoe, look. I see it, Mary. Those are bells made in the bell factories of Bing Bong. They ride those energy streams to destinations all over the universe. Some bells will hang in the towers of cathedrals. Some bells will ring when someone opens the door to enter a candy store. Some bells will wake someone up when their alarm clock goes off. 
Some bells will ring when a boxing match starts. Other bells will tell people when their dinner is ready. Some bells will tell firemen it's time to run to their fire trucks and put out a fire. I never thought about how many ways there are to use bells. Bells are found on every planet, Mary. Everyone seems to love the sound of bells. again, Briscoe. I wonder what kind of trouble they're in. Maybe they've gotten lost in a desert and can't find their way back again. Maybe they're in a boat that's sprung a leak and the boat is sinking. Maybe a thunder snoot has chased them up a tree and won't let them come back down again. We have to find whoever's calling for help quickly, Mary. Before they dry up. Or drown. Or get eaten. So, I used my audio lasso to find the exact spot that the cry for help was coming from. Then Briscoe, the fastest space horse in the universe, flew me to where the cry for help had come from. And guess what? What we found was completely unexpected. The cry for help didn't lead us to a desert, or a river, or a tree with a hungry thundersnoot waiting at the bottom. It took us to the bedroom window of a little boy bell. He was sitting in front of a tiny computer, speaking into its microphone, still sending his cry for help into outer space. He didn't look like he was in trouble, but he sure looked unhappy. Frisco, he's so cute. He's like a little upside down bell, and he has those wiry little arms and legs and those round black eyes. He's a very young bell, Mary. I'll bet he hasn't even chosen his sound yet. His sound? Yes, the bell sound that he'll make for the rest of his life. Every bell on the planet Bing Bong has to choose their own sound sooner or later. It's part of how bell children grow up. That's all very interesting, Briscoe. But we better ask him what's wrong. He looks like he's going to start crying. We were hovering just outside the little bell's window. I reached out and tapped on the glass and waved. The little bell looked very surprised, but he opened the window and let us in. Hi, I'm Mary Farfisa, and this is Briscoe. We heard your cry for help, so we came to see what's wrong. I'm Chimey, and I do need help. Just then, we noticed another bell, even smaller, and possibly even a tiny bit cuter than Chimey, sitting on the desk next to the computer. Who's that? Oh, that's Dingling, my little sister. She says I shouldn't have wasted your time calling for help the way I did, but I do need help. What kind of help do you need, Chimey? I have to choose a sound, and I can't make up my mind, and I'm afraid to go to the Great Hall of Bing Bong to make my decision. Briscoe, it's just like you said. Yes, Mary. A lot of bells have a terrible time making their decision. What did she say? She says I'm a big chicken. I am not a chicken, but I do have to choose a sound. All the other kids in my class have chosen their sound. They're starting to make fun of me. 
Even Dingling has chosen her sound and she can't even talk. Well, well, what did she say? She said she's sorry for calling me a chicken. Oh, that's nice. She says I'm just a big baby. Oh, but why did you have to send a message into outer space for help, Chimey? Won't anyone on planet Bing Bong help you? Can't your mom and dad help you choose a sound? No one is allowed to help a young bell choose their sound, not even their mom and dad. It has to be your own decision. The sound you choose is who you are, and the decision of what you will sound like has to be all your own. What did Dingling say? She said, I'm afraid of going to the Great Hall of Bing Bong, and she's right. The Great Hall of Bing Bong? Yes, the Great Hall of Bing Bong is where you go to make your choice. Young bells go into the Great Hall of Bing Bong and listen to every possible sound a bell can make. Then, the Hallmasters of Bing Bong fine-tune the chosen sound, so each bell chooses a sound all their own. When the young bell leaves the Great Hall, they have the sound they'll have for the rest of their life. What did she say, Chimey? She said that once you go inside the Great Hall of Bing Bong, you can't leave until you've chosen your sound. And that's why I'm so scared to go in. What if I can't make up my mind? What if I'm in the Great Hall forever? Can we go into the Great Hall of Bing Bong with you? If we promise not to help you choose? You mean just for moral support? Yes! You won't be so scared if you have friends there with you, right? You'll be able to make your decision with a clear head if you're not scared. I think they'd allow that. Well, let's go then. Well, okay. Um, Mary, what if we go into the Great Hall of Bing Bong with Chimey and he can't make up his mind? Forever's a long time to spend in the Great Hall of Bing Bong. How about this one, Chimey? No, that's, that one's too tinkly. What about this one? No, that's too hoity-toity. Well, what about this bell? Um, nah. Oh, that stinks. That one sounds cracked. Too brassy, too aggressive, too wimpy. Chimey finally did choose his sound, kids, although it did take quite a while. Three days later, Briscoe and I were back on the road. The space road, that is. It was nice to be able to help someone in trouble, even though they weren't in the kind of trouble we thought they were in. I almost forgot. While we were flying away from Planet Bing Bong, something else happened. Something else that was completely... I, I said something else that was completely... Oh, sorry. Unexpected! As Briscoe zoomed back into outer space, I noticed something small and brightly colored tucked away in Briscoe's mane. So I reached in and pulled it out. And guess what? It was Screet, the tiny Scrumblebee from the planet Bazorbabil. She'd been sleeping in Briscoe's mane since we left Bazorbabil two weeks ago. 
Screet the Scrumblebee, what are you doing here? Well, aren't I entitled to a nap if I want one? I was tired after all the work we did putting things right on Bazorba Bill. And your space horse's hair is so soft and comfy. And my, my, Briscoe has the prettiest smelling hair. What kind of product do you use, Briscoe? Oh. Scented shampoo? No. Conditioner? You must use conditioner. Your hair is just so silky. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed Into the Unexpected, today's Mary Farfisa adventure. Kara Albach played Mary Farfisa. Leslie Baker appeared as the chief listener and Chimey. Jim Sheff played Briscoe the Space Horse. And Katie King played Blase Cool Cat and Screet the Scrumblebee. The show was written and produced by Jim Sheff. take you years you'd wear out your ears if you tried to hear everything in the listeners library Mary Farfisa and today's Mary Farfisa's Outer Space Radio Theater Adventure are copyright 2017 by Jim Chef all rights reserved <laughs>